Hello and welcome to another episode of All the Webs of Stage, a short play podcast. My name is Stephen Thomas and I'll be your host. On today's episode, we have with us Nick Schilmer, and we perform two plays. However, the structure is going to be a little bit different. First of all, a quick warning. The second play, or the play after the commercial break, involves some language not suitable for younger audiences. If you are listening with children, you may want to screen the second half. We will leave a timestamp in the show notes. Secondly, the play written by Nick is for a larger chunk of a musical he is working on, and so was not inspired by a tweet. All right, here's the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of All the Webs of Stage. Today, joining us is Nick Schomer. Welcome back, Nick. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing as well as one can in these desperate times, Stephen. How are you doing? I am doing okay. Now, something I didn't talk about on uh, your last episode, and I'm curious about this. What have you been doing over the last ooh, nine months now, ever <laughs> since we... um. Uh, unfortunately had to leave the road right i've been i've been trying honestly the hardest part is actually been just trying to keep myself busy and not get bored which i know is like a weird thing to say but for most of the pandemic starting out it was just sort of hard to find i guess reasons to like get out of bed and like do stuff if that makes mm-hmm. sense so it was finding a rhythm that felt comfortable to me and just sort of sticking to it and pushing myself to stay active enough, both physically and mentally. Mostly I've been up to um, continuing with uh, podcasting and personal projects, uh, which probably more on that later on uh, when (laughs) we get to various things. But yeah, just sort of trying to stay active. Um, Also checking in on various friends and stuff and seeing how they're doing through all of this and trying to have some semblance of a social life social distance social lives yes correct (laughs) we were originally introduced to each other thanks to the world of missoula children's theater and i'm curious what drew you into missoula children's theater in the first place what made you want to work with children yeah, yeah. So I, I'll kind of tell my audition story a little bit. So I uh, auditioned for Missoula along with tons of other companies down in St. Louis for the Midwest Theater uh, auditions. And I went down there and I auditioned and, it, you know, it's only a minute and a half. So you got 45 seconds for a song, 45 seconds for a monologue. So it's the quickest minute and a half of your life. I did my audition. Uh, got a call back from three places, so I was super excited, and Missoula was one of those places. So I went to the callback, and I won't name names, but it was the head of the company that was there. People know who that person is. They were giving their sort of spiel on the job, but they were only doing like a f- little five-minute one. And then after five minutes, they said, all right, now if this doesn't sound like it's for you, uh, you can leave, no hard feelings. And like... The room was packed. Like, I'd say there was 30 to 40 people in there from just for that time for callbacks. And, like, 10 to 15 people actually got up and left after those first five minutes. And in my mind, I'm like, at least hear, at least hear them out. Like, you know, you never know. You never know, man. So 
Then they gave a half-hour speech about what the job entailed, and it sounded really interesting to me, getting to travel and like work with kids and teach them and stuff. So I had a quick interview with them, answered their questions to the best of my abilities, and then went home and waited. And about a month or so later, I got the call that they wanted to bring me on the road, and I was so excited. And I, the fact that I had gotten a job in the acting field before I graduated was just such a great feeling because that was my big worry with this business. And after doing it for almost two years, it was I fell in love with teaching kids and working with kids and just seeing all just seeing not only helping to inspire kids, but having some of these kids actually inspire me with just their level of commitment and drive for the arts is just it was miraculous. I don't know. How did you feel about sort of going on the road and and sort of living this lifestyle that is in all intents and purposes sort of crazy, like living out of a suitcase and teaching kids? I was a uh, a child of the Navy. So when oh. the, the mention it, it was weird, I got nostalgic during that interview I, I don't know, the, just the way they were talking about sometimes you stay in a hotel room and I heard hotel room and my brain went back to those 10 day drives of going cross country <laughs> as we moved from one town to the next. And I was like, I could live out of a hotel. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Yeah. It, it, I, I, my, my, uh, my brain waves are, are very strange sometimes, but <laughs> I, I also, I, I mean, full admittance here like the job that we have done we've both done is a very difficult job but during that first interview i heard what the job was and i was like all right and then they talked about going to japan and teaching japanese kids in english a show and i was like ah see now that's a challenge i want yeah and i was like what why why that that does that sounds more challenging on top of an already challenging job but my brain was like nah Nah, that's the real challenge right there. That's the one you got to go for. Absolutely. Like when I heard exactly when I heard that we could possibly be sent overseas to various places, yeah, Europe, Asia, everywhere basically around the world, it was super interesting to me because having, I mean, just teaching kids week in and week out and then having the shows and being so proud that the kids were able to do it and stuff, to be able to do that in a different country with a group of kids that might not speak the language as their primary language, like you talk about even more rewarding of an experience. Like those I imagine are just the weeks where you like, I don't know. I would personally, I would probably be moved to tears from if those, you know, when the kids are able to do that, because not only do they have, things stacked against them because you know just having to learn all your lines and choreography and stuff you're learning you're doing it in a different language like mm-hmm. that in a, in and of itself is crazy and it reminded me uh you mentioned japan actually i remember uh, i remember going to new york for a week uh back in college to work with uh broadway actors and casting directors in a little intensive thing and there was a girl there in in the 50 or so of us that were there and she was from Japan and she did not speak that much English but then at the showcase at the end of the week 
she was one of the people that got selected to sing a, to sing a piece and she sung it in Japanese and I just remember watching her and watching her sing this other language and I was I was in awe I I, I mean I I didn't know anything that she was singing because I obviously didn't know the language but I was just in awe of what she was able to do and and just how she spun the language and everything. I don't know it was so it was so amazing. So yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, no, it, it it was. I I did get to uh, go, like I got to face the challenge that I was up for in the interview process at some point, and they did an amazing job uh, lear- of learning English and getting everything down before we even got there. The only thing that confused me that somebody had to explain to me that was like a language difference between English and Japanese that I didn't understand that we did two different weeks with Japanese kids and both weeks, they weren't using the plural that was written down in particular. Red Riding Hood says something about, Oh, look, it's my friends. How are you? I think that was the line, Mm -hmm. but both Red Riding Hoods dropped the S there. It was, ah, it's my friend. How are you talking to three people? And I was like, why does that S keep disappearing? And it turned out, like, as I talked to our contact, the Japanese don't really use plural. If you want to talk about multiple people in a group, use give a specific number. Otherwise, it's singular and plural are pretty much the same thing. And so in in translation, singular and plural doesn't necessarily happen for the Japanese because they don't do that in their own language. And I was like, oh. Huh. All so, right. so, then, so then would that line have changed to, oh, it's my three friend? And would they just say friend then? Or would they add the S then as long as there's a number in front of it? I mean, in, in Japanese, it wouldn't be a difference. Friend would always be friend to them. Wow. And it would just be, I have three friend in Japanese. They don't, apparently they don't make that pluralization differentiation, which I like that was something interesting to learn. And it also helped me in teaching because then I could be like, oh, okay, so I can explain this, <laughs> not just be like, why do you keep dropping the S? <laughs> There's an S on the end. <laughs> why don't you see it? Oh, because it just doesn't make sense to you. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. This see, makes that, sense. That's awesome because I. I love learning about that kind of stuff in other languages. I remember uh, growing up, uh, I took years and years of German and just the simple, just the simple word of the, the, the German language has like 10 different ways to say the, and it all depends on what you're talking about after that. And it's, it's so, cause, er, cause every noun has a masculine feminine or neutral quality to it and so Mm -hmm. based on that quality the word the changes depending on what they're talking about so it's it's super fascinating that's oh my god that's so that's so fascinating that they that they just don't have a plural and so they just every time it's like yeah friend it's like the the other thing we dealt with because it was red riding hood we had a big bad wolf and other wolves in the show and I also learned via that experience, again, these kids did an amazing job. They don't have a W sound traditionally in Japanese language. So they struggled with the word wolf was the other thing. And that was, that was an interesting thing to get to the end of that week and help them 
work on W sounds because the whole point was they were using theater to learn English and it was mm-hmm. such a great experience to do. So then how, how did they pronounce, how I, did they pronounce W's? It would, it would just disappear. It, it was kind of, instead of wolf, uh, there, there's a kid who cries wolf in, in uh-huh. the show. And instead of shouting wolf, 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 as they run across stage, they would shout, Oh, wolf, wolf. I was Interesting. Like, oh. huh. But I, I bet though that that connected with the audience and the audience wasn't confused at all. They were like, yeah, that's, that's exactly what we would have said. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was a it was a fun experience, but it was also it was a learning experience, not just for the kids, but for me as well. And I was like, huh, they're teaching me a lot about language right now just <laughs> by doing what they're doing. And it was really cool. So you had your own the more, you know, sort of moments. with them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, I, I said before we started that I didn't necessarily want to talk about Pokemon, but this is something that hasn't come up in your show with your guests and I want to ask you about it. Oh, all right. Okay, so traditionally, starter Pokemon, you've got a, a fire, a grass, and a water. Now, Nick, you're going to build a new Pokemon game, and you're going to get oh, three starters. No. Oh, yikes. You cannot use fire, grass, and water, because I'm tired of that. Uh-huh. What three uh, types are you going to introduce to, or which three types are you going to... S- Say these are your starters that you choose from. I I like this question, and I've thought about it a lot before because you're right. In every Pokemon game, you can you know you can bet good money on the fact that the starters are going to always be water, fire, grass, but then there's going to be whatever secondary, whatever secondary one it might be. Those might be different. Ah, oh, that's a great question. The only here's the problem with that though is that if I tried to make a different uh triangle of this beats that, that beats the next thing and then the next thing beats the first thing, it's kind of hard to do without pulling on water, fire or grass to at least be one of those because the one that came to my head right away was Oh, okay. We'll do a poison beats a grass, grass beats a ground and ground beats a poison. Okay. We do it that way. But at the same time, that's not really that good for a starter because poison type only is super effective against grass and now fairy, thankfully. Um, but those are the only two things it's super effective against. So it's not really all that advantageous to pick the poison type. Everyone's going to pick the ground type because ground just kicks across the board. Okay. So I would say I would if I was making a Pokemon game, I would go, I would lean heavily on the psychic, the dark, and the ghost. I'd start to sort of lean on those ones first. So I might go, I I mean, either that or, or part of like a DLC thing would be that you just get to pick from three starting ghost types because ghost hurts itself super effectively. So no matter which one you pick... <laughs> You're basically picking for aesthetics on which whichever Pokemon you think looks the best. And then the battling is, you know, sort of a secondary thought, which mm. almost which it almost seems like Pokemon is sort of going in that direction. Right. Right now, that battling isn't that important because it just it still hasn't changed in years. But that's a topic for a different day. 
So I would say I might do psychic beats a fighting type. Fighting type beats a dark, and dark beats a psychic. So that would probably be the first. That would be my new starters. Would be a psychic, a fighting, and a dark type. Okay. And sort of, like I say, make it a little more mystical and somehow get art better RPG elements in there uh, to make it new and refreshing. Because, like I said, unlike ground poison grass you're not going to have one person you're not going to have everyone sort of gravitating towards one just based on type i think there would be a good spread with psychic fighting dark uh that you you'd be able to spread it out and really have some fun across the board and uh of course if you're a little confused about why i asked nick a uh a Pokemon related question is <laughs> because he comes from to us from the world of Cubones and Catacombs, which is a Dungeons and Dragons, but also Pokemon actual play, real play. What are the yeah, at the, yeah, at this point, we've we've kind of been toying with the system a little bit, and and my my cohorts on the podcast, Jared and Adam, they're sort of helping to make their own homebrew. So I guess homebrew would be the best way to describe where the direction that it's heading now. Um, but yeah, we finished up our second season. Uh, we're, we're sort of, we've been taking a long hiatus just because of, uh, you know, of the pandemic and everything, but we are planning to come back with season three, uh, hopefully starting end of January, early February. Uh, so hopefully that'll be a nice way to kick off 2021. And even if, even if you know nothing about Pokemon or Dungeons and Dragons, there's still plenty to laugh about in the story that I'm weaving, and and you'll still have a good time, even if it is just coming to listen to all of my weird accents that I use for all my characters. We're going to perform two different plays today. Let's start with mine, because yours is a little bit different. This is a chunk of a larger musical that you are working on, Correct. and I want to use that kind of as a teaser for the second half of the show. Yes. So the first play, Nick sent me a, uh, a Twitter quote <laughs> from at jam boss four nineteen. Mm-hmm. So at jam boss four nineteen. Thank you for the inspiration. Uh, listen very carefully for your quote, but the play is called unboxing day. And I believe we decided beforehand, Nick, you're going to be voicing Perry and I'm going to be Sebastian. Yep. All right, so here we go. Unboxing day. Lights up. Interior apartment. There is a couch, maybe a table and chairs, but aside from the boxes, nothing else is on stage. Two people enter carrying more boxes. Uh, All right. I think that's the last load. Thanks for helping me get everything inside. I'm not going to leave my best friend hanging. (laughs) Plus, I got a sneak peek of your new place. Yep, here it is. Really exciting, right? Four walls all to myself. (laughs) Yeah, for once. (laughs) I have yet to know that freedom. Someday, though. Someday. Yeah, you know, except for your spouse, of course. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. So, um, uh, do, do you need any help unpacking? I mean, if you don't have anywhere to be right now, yeah, I'll take it. Great, great. I'll start in the kitchen. Uh, where, where where do we put the kitchen boxes? Oh, uh, 
it's one of these size boxes. You've only got one box of kitchen stuff? I had roommates before. Didn't need or want extra stuff cluttering the kitchen. Uh, That's fair. Okay, I'll start opening up those boxes, then see what I can find. You know, seriously, I I appreciate the help, but if you need to get home or something... No, 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 I got no obligations. Plus, the sooner you're set up here, the sooner we can start gaming again, right? I suppose that's true, yeah. Do you see any other boxes that could be the right size? The, The ones I've opened up so far are definitely not heading to the kitchen. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. Toiletries. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just gonna take this box straight to the bathroom, okay? (laughs) It stinks. Yeah, I washed as much as I could in there. Not sure where the smell was coming from. Yeah, I'm gonna let you unpack that box. Hope that's okay. (laughs) Understood. I found a couple more boxes that could be kitchen stuff. Hey, next time you move, labels, yeah? Makes life easier? Sure, that sounds smart now, but I got lazy. Yeah, I get it. Hey, hey, here we go, pots and pans. That sounds like you've got the right box. Okay, I'll be in the kitchen. Um, hey, Do you have preferences on drawer placement? Oh, I've never really thought about it. I guess just put the things where they feel right to you. I mean, I basically could put everything in this box into an individual cabinet, (laughs) including the silverware. Yeah, again, didn't need much in the last place. Uh, Suppose I'll need some new stuff here soon. Any preference on where I put these cookbooks? Cookbooks? Oh, oh, those. Uh, just on the counter. Hey, are these handwritten pages? Who wrote these? Yeah, um, that was me. There are hundreds of recipes here. You are prolific, Perry. Well, I mean, some of the recipes I copied, I wasn't looking to sell the book. Yeah, yeah, I'm seeing that. But but still, some of these concepts are completely new and... Whoa, wait, 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 wait. Did, did you make everything that's in this book at some point? I'm a perfectionist. I wanted to make sure I had good notes about what I did. So, yeah. All these things. Including the smoothies? Ah, smoothies. I loved smoothies when I was ten. So, this beaten kale smoothie is something you not only tried, but definitely got right? Oh, that. Yeah. Um, younger me had some crazy tastes. Yeah, I am seeing that. (laughs) So, uh, you just want this on the counter in the corner, then? Uh, Yeah, that should be fine. So, uh, how long do you think it'll take to get your internet up and working in the apartment? When can we get back to online matches? I think I've got them scheduled sometime next week. I wrote down the day and time somewhere, but the paper is in one of these boxes. Hey, no rush, of course. I, I I can just come over and game here while you're waiting. True, or I could go over to your place. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I I guess you could. You make that sound like a bad idea. What? No, 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 I I love having you over. It's, It's just... It's really noisy at my place. Not historically. 
Is this new? Do you have a loud neighbor suddenly? Yeah, you you know how violinists are, just just playing all night long. Violinist, huh? I don't believe I've ever dealt with a loud violinist. Well, this one is the loudest I've ever heard. Hey, doesn't Jordan play the violin? No, no, no. Jordan plays the viola. Way different. Is it, though? Is it really? Jordan says it is. Yeah. All right, you can come over to my place then for gaming. Seriously, though, Sebastian, what's going on? Nothing. I'm just here helping you unpack. That much I know. I meant what is going on at home. You're avoiding it. I'm not avoiding it. I I just Sebastian, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to pry. I'm just worried about you. I'm here to listen if you need to talk to someone. Look, just because... Jordan and I had a couple of fights. Doesn't mean there's a problem, okay? I I don't need you to therapy me. You and Jordan are fighting? What was the argument about? We're not fighting. There's no fight. Why would you say that? I said it because you did. But we can stop talking about it if this is too much. It's not too much. It's nothing. Why is this a deal? Hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I won't say another word about it. Good. But I want you to know that if you do need to talk... I'll listen. Perry! That's it. I'm done. I promise. You better be. I am. I can see it's too painful right now. I get it. Okay, look, if you're going to be like that, I'm out. Have fun unboxing this by yourself. Okay, I will. I'm sorry that I hurt you. You didn't hurt me. I'm not hurt. I'm just just leaving. Okay, okay. Uh, Are you heading home then? No! No. I can't. I can't. Oh, wow, I I didn't, I didn't know it was this big. Hey, s- sit down, yeah, take some time. Time is all I've got right now, Perry. I don't have Jordan. I don't have my home. I, I don't have a place to go. Hey, you're always welcome here. It doesn't look like much right now, but if you need a place to crash, I'm here. All right? Yeah, yeah, all right. Hey, does that include tonight? (laughs) Of course, Sebastian. The couch is available. Listen, I'm not super worried about unpacking the rest of the day, and I think I know which box my consoles are buried in. Video game therapy? I dig it. All right, let's get to gaming. Perry heads towards a specific box as lights fade out. All right, and that was Unboxing Day. Very cool. I like it. <laughs> I forgot how that ended. It's been a few weeks since I wrote that. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, at any rate, therapy. <laughs> uh, the specific quote that inspired this entire play was, younger me had dot, 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 some crazy tastes. <laughs> so at Jamboss419, thank you so much for that inspiration. Are you listening? I hope you are. (laughs) Hi, everybody. Quick reminder. The next play involves language that is not suitable for children. You've been warned. All right. Enjoy.
And with that, we're going to move on over to your show, Nick. Oh, goodness. Which the title is The Grumps, <laughs> a dope musical. Yep. So far, that is a working title. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. We have how many characters are we going to be hearing today? All right. So of the characters that are in the entire show, we're only going to be hearing from two of them today. Okay. I'll try to explain the scene as much as I know right now. So right now at the top of the page, Steven's looking at it. He sees that it's act question mark scene question mark because I'm not sure where it's going to go quite yet. But I know this scene's going to take place in the show. Uh, this is a scene where one of the main characters, Dan, is on a first date with a girl named Ashley, uh, who he calls Ash uh, later on in the show when they begin to become closer. Groovy. Um, and the date uh, was going fine, but then at the restaurant that they were at, he was losing track of the conversations, and that comes from a song called I Don't Know What We're Talking About, parentheses, and I Haven't For A While. Um, so he he's, wasn't really paying much attention to the things Ashley was saying in the restaurant. And this it takes place right after that, where Ashley has stormed out of the restaurant and Dan is in hot pursuit of her. Okay, cool. Do you want to voice Dan or do you want to voice Ashley? I would love to be Dan if possible. Yeah, that's fine. I will, and I will try to do this uh, like you do with your scenes, trying to like read the read the stage directions and such. Okay, doke. Sounds good. <clears throat> All right. So, act question mark scene question mark first date going poorly. Ash enters, walking in a huff to the opposite side of the stage. Ashley, wait. Dan enters, slightly tired from exiting the restaurant quickly. Ash stops and turns. What? Crap, I I didn't expect you to stop. Keep going, I'll think of something. Ash turns and begins walking further. After maybe three steps... Ashley, wait. Ashley stops and turns. What the hell, man? I'm sorry, sometimes I daydream and forget to pay attention when someone is talking. But that's only because I have a large imagination. (laughs) If you know what I mean. Shut up. (sighs) Sorry. Look... I gave you an opportunity that you wanted, and this is the thanks I get. A-, a guy who can't stay focused on a romantic evening with someone. I don't go on many first dates, all right? And usually they don't follow with a second one. Well, I can see why. Hey, that's not fair. I may think about other things at times, but how do you know for sure that you weren't one of the things I was thinking about? Yeah, right. Don't dismiss my point. You don't know what I was thinking. All right. Then tell me. What was on your mind back there? You mean other than the pterodactyl named Lamar? Yes. All right. Well, I was thinking about if you had any tattoos. Huh? Because, you know, you said you love things like Disney and Harry Potter and stuff, so I thought maybe you'd have a tattoo associated with something. I don't know. One. I have a Terran tattoo from the Black Cauldron on my upper thigh. Nice. Great movie. Actually, my favorite Disney film. Mine too. Do you like sports? Mostly football. I'm originally from Brooklyn, so growing up, my dad and I would watch the Giants play. 
I love the Giants. I had this hat that I fucking loved so much, and I stuck my head stupidly out the window while we were driving on the interstate. And, of course, the hat flies off, and I'm immediately like, oh, my one thing in this world that I loved. So I start crying, and my dad pulled the car over and got out and ran into the middle of the fucking interstate with cars going like 90 miles an hour all around him to get my hat for me. Man, what a badass. <laughs> what a fucking badass dude. What a dad ass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that guy. Avi is the best. Who who's Avi? My dad. Oh, sorry. I, I've always called my parents by their first names. Huh. That's interesting. Ash walks over to a bench and sits down. Why is that? Dan goes to join her. Um just because I kind of learned how to speak before anyone taught me. So I just called people by what I heard other people calling them. Yeah. So, like... Which seems like a lot. Like, it should happen a lot more commonly. Yeah, I guess. I don't know what happened. But, like, that's why I call my grandma mom. Because I heard my mom calling her mom. So my grandma's mom and my granddad's pop. And uh, my mom's Debbie. Wow. Yeah. Or Doobles. Or Doobles McDoobelstein, as she's come to be known. Doobs for short. <laughs> so, uh, if nobody did all that shit by, like, Generation 3, everybody would just be calling each other by their names. Yeah, why not? I remember other parents at, like, PTA meetings. Like, if I'd be like, hey, Debbie, all the other parents would be like, <gasps> Yeah, like, is he adopted? Yeah, it's so disrespectful. Is he from a different marriage? And she was like, it's just a fucking sound. Why don't you just release the sphincters? <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah, it's something. Well, now what? Date's not over yet, so what are you thinking? I, I didn't fuck it up? Nah, maybe I overreacted a little bit back there. Nah, you, you were right to walk out. I'm sorry again. It's cool. Dan puts his arm around her shoulders. Ash moves in closer to Dan and rests her head on him. First date starts playing softly. So, tell me, what's next for us tonight? Oh, I've got a couple of ideas. Most of the time my dates start off like... And then it goes into a song. Alright, so that was... Act question mark scene question mark <laughs> from the Grumps adult musical. Yes. Uh, thank you so much, Nick, for joining me here today. Let's go into some plugs at this point for your various things. Oh, well, thank you so much. Uh, I mean, first of all, I just want to say thanks for having me on again. I love doing this. This is such a unique little uh, unique thing to do and to sort of get get actors doing a little bit of acting again so thank you very much for inviting me back steven you are welcome thank you for joining me um and let's see uh for plugs you can find me on twitter i'm at sundoran one because uh, that is my gamer tag across basically all platforms so you can also find me on nintendo switch sundoran and on steam for sundoran as well and you can check out uh, the podcast that I 
uh, Make and DM, which is Cubones and Catacombs. Right now, since I uh, since my subscription for the podcast platform service is currently on hold, you can find it on Spotify free of charge. And you can also check me out on another podcast, Cubones and Cat. Or <laughs> that's my podcast. Uh, you can find me on the other podcast at the Roaring Trainers Canto in the Jazz Age, where I play Sindoran, uh, a plucky little youngster trying to become the very best, like no one ever was. Ba-ba-ba-na. And uh, yeah, those are where you can find me. Awesome. Well, Nick, again, thank you so much for joining me here today, and have a great rest of your day. You as well, Stephen. And that will do it for another episode of All the Webs a Stage. Thank you so much for joining us. A big thank you to Nick Schomer at Sendoran1 for joining us on today's podcast. Also, a thank you to at Jamboss419 for the Twitter sentence inspiration. A big thank you to Daniel Blue Rodriguez for the thumbnail artwork. You can find him as Blue Wolf D. Also, a thank you to Colin Vance for the music you're listening to right now. You can find more of his work at ColinVanceCreative.com. Also, a thank you for no reason in particular to Tom Lear. Thank you, Tom. If you'd like to communicate with us, we are at WebStagePodcast on Twitter or WebStagePodcast at gmail.com if you need to email us. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks with another episode of All the Webs of Stage. So, tell me. What's next for us tonight? Oh, I've got a couple of ideas. Most of the time, my dates start off like... And then it goes into a song. Spring is here, a suffering is here. Life is skittles and life is beer. I think the loveliest time of the year is the spring. I do. Don't you? Of course you do. But there's one thing that makes spring complete for me. And makes every Sunday a treat for me. All the world seems in tune on a spring afternoon when we're poisoning pigeons in the park. Every Sunday you'll see my sweetheart and me as we poison the pigeons in the park. When they see us coming, the birdies all try and hide. But they still go for peanuts when coated with cyanide. The sun's shining bright, everything seems all right when we're poisoning pigeons in the park. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. And please share us with your friends.